0: Hello podcast listeners and welcome to this week's episode of the Commercial Connection Podcast. I'm your host Spencer Taylor with Mill Creek Commercial out of the beautiful city of Salt Lake. It is wonderful to be here. The Jazz are going around to too two. Tonight is game one. This is being recorded on uh, game one against the uh, Clippers so I'm really excited about that. Uh, but on today's episode of the Commercial Connection Podcast we have a Special guest Dave Brown. Dave Brown is president of IPE ten thirty one. IPE provides IPE ten thirty one provides ten thirty one exchange um, services, and he is an accommodator. He is uh, also a certified exchange specialist. So, Dave, welcome to the show. Wonderful to have you.
1: Thank you, Spencer, for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Um, before we dive in. I'm going to ask you two questions. First, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your hobbies and what do you like to do when you're not helping people with their exchanges? And then second, what is a certified exchange specialist? Because people should know what that is. If they're considering doing a 1031 exchange, it's going to be very helpful for them as they navigate those waters. So Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, again, thank you. Um, I'm the president and owner of IPE 1031. We're at the one iowa based uh, 1031 Exchange Qualified Intermediary. Uh, we've been in business for nearly 20 years. Um, my background is, well, um, uh, we don't have a law firm, but I'm an attorney, and we specialize in combination of Section 1031 exchanges. um and just specific as to our business just by virtue of being located in the Midwest and in Iowa and in the heart of uh, ag country, we specialize in ag exchange transactions. So a big part of our business would be a farmer who is selling a 80 acre parcel that might be uh, 20 miles away and relocating closer to their operation to increase efficiencies, or maybe a higher quality uh, piece of ground, or you yeah. know, for a number of reasons. But that's basically what we'll type of transaction um and and then you know um, as to the certified exchange specialist that's a designation that uh is is given by the fea requires uh three years of work experience in the 1031 industry as comprehensive examination and basically uh, just demonstrates expertise in uh, all matter section 1031 and, and you know one of three in our office and uh but beyond that, um, personally, you know, uh, I'm just a kid, so grew up uh, uh, in in the country and, and uh, uh, live in the country and, and do a little farming, uh, actually with my 13-year-old son. So if you talk about the, the hobbies and, you know, what I do in my spare time, it's uh, that, that is a real joy. He's, uh, he, he's in his fourth crop year and planted 115 acres of, of real crop corn this year. Wow. Um, and then my, my younger guy who's 11 is, is my sports guy so we chase him around playing baseball but uh, you know just in, enjoying our country and chasing kids and, and running our
0: business Um, Dave one of the reasons why I'm really looking forward to having you here on the show is you're the co-chair for the government affairs committee in the Federation of Exchange Accommodators and so I'm curious to know, you know, with Biden's tax proposal and the limitations he's wanting to put on 1031 exchanges, um, I thought it would be just a good idea to have you on to maybe talk about what does the lobbying effort look like um, and, and what's being done to help preserve and protect 1031 exchanges. And so, if that's okay, maybe we can just dive in, and and you can kind of tell us what's going on, it, 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 kind of in that aspect of of your of the lobbying efforts with you know with the Federation of Exchange Accommodators.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. So, just some historical context: Section 1031 has been in the tax code for 100 years. It was uh, first enacted in 1921. And there, basically, there's general recognition by uh, members of Congress that as long as folks are uh, keeping their dollars invested in the economy, uh, they shouldn't be penalized uh, and have to pay capital gains tax um, if they reinvest into another asset. So, um, you know, I gave my example of a farmer who's exchanging a farm for another farm. Uh, there's no cash coming out. They're reinvesting. They're They're continuing to uh, drive economic growth. And that also applies to uh, all types of, of assets, which, you know, I know you've discussed in the previous podcast, but, um, any real property asset can be exchanged for any other real property asset. So, uh, office, retail, storage, golf courses, any number of assets can be exchanged. Um, and, and really, um, it's, you know, like I mentioned, it's, it's the, uh, continuation of the investment, it's the government allowing the investor to have the present value of those tax dollars to continue to push that economic growth. Um, And and so long sort of fast forwarding, um, 1031 has been questioned for, you know, many times through multiple versions of, uh, you know, potential tax reform and, and tax reform that's been acted most recently in 2017. And that's where I really became engaged in the effort. Um, But the the point being, this is really a constant issue of of educating members of Congress and their staffs on Section 1031 and how critically important it is and and why it's remained in the tax code for 100 years. So, you know, where my involvement came, um, and I know this is a bit of a long answer, but, uh, you know, for years prior to the 2017 tax reform bill that the Republicans put through, we had spent a significant amount of time uh, connecting with with members of Congress, uh, their staff, educating, uh, and, and you know, uh, talking to them about the benefits of 1031. And, and besides that, you know, the the Federation of Change Combinators we're a group of uh, qualified intermediary companies, and and so we we have contacts with folks like you uh spencer uh or you know offering replacement properties uh for for exchangers we also work with attorneys accountants and realtors and really opinion leaders across the country and so we're you know we 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 have all these folks that understand exchanges and also our members of associations the realtors the farm bureau the uh you know business lobbies u.s chamber of commerce and so you know, beyond just educating members of Congress, we have formed uh powerful coalitions uh with uh the realtors associations, uh, all the ones that I mentioned, including uh conservation associations, just because 1031 can be used as a conservation tool. So, you know, our, our lobbying efforts have been ongoing for many years. I mean, we have uh it's it's a constant um, uh endeavor to make sure that people Uh, understand exchanges, that they're speaking to their members of Congress about the importance of exchanges. So it's not something that, you know, it's just popped up before Biden, you know, the Biden campaign when he proposed a cap on exchanges of $500,000. You know, we've laid the groundwork um, through studies, coalition building, uh, fundraisers, direct meetings with staff. We've had hundreds and hundreds of meetings uh, with members of Congress and staff over the past several years to educate and explain, you know, the benefits. So um, that's, you know, you mentioned the, the issues website and uh, the take action. Uh, there's a take action uh, portion of that website where folks can contact their members. But this has been a very intentional, strategic effort to, um, you know, put ourselves in, in a, a good position and do the heavy lifting before these proposals dropped um so that um uh, you know we are in a good place. So that that's sort of uh, again that's a long winded answer, but you know, it's it's been a very, very involved, deep, integrated process, um, uh, led by our association and also by our lobbyist, Dave Fanazziak Williams Jensen, who's uh, who's the best of the best and and yeah. has been a real um you know driver for us.
0: Could you paint a little picture for us kind of what they're doing actions they're taking in in washington dc i mean i mean you know when i think of a lobbyist I, I guess i really don't think of okay what what they do on a day-to-day like their day-to-day you know activities what 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 are what are the lobbyists doing lobbyists doing for for the cause in, in washington dc kind of on a day-to-day
1: um. Well, you know, first thing is is prepping. So we we're, there's a couple of academic studies that are referenced on the issues website, which is uh, www.1031buildsamerica.com. That's actually a new website that was launched this week. And that's 1031buildsamerica.com. Um, and so on the, that website, there are, um, I'm sorry, I messed that up, 1031buildsamerica.com or O-R-G, so (laughs) again O-R-G, and and so there's, uh, it talks about the economic research, there was uh, Ernst & Weiss study in 2015, there was one recently updated in 2021, and there's some academic studies uh, by professors Linga Petrova that came out in 15 and 17 and were updated in 2020, so, you know, the the day-to-day, you know, I I mentioned begins with um, preparation, and so uh, there are summaries of those studies, which we have been uh, offering to members of Congress and their staff having ed- educational forums um, and, and pointing out the key findings, um, which, you know, I think it's as long as I'm on it, um, you know, there's and young study specifically found that over a 10 year period, 1031 adds $275 billion of labor, uh, $550 billion of uh, value added to the economy and then uh, it adds $80 billion of state federal local taxes beyond capital gains taxes and so so those studies are really the, the tools and, and uh, uh, that's the information that members need to hear uh, and, and that is as compared to the cost which recently came out last week uh, it's referred to as the green book which analyzes the president's budget and over the 10-year period uh, the cost of Section 1031 is roughly 19.5 billion. So, you know, when you factor in 19.5 billion versus uh, 550 billion dollars of value add, 80 billions of state and local capital gains uh, taxes generated, you know, almost 300 billion dollars of labor income. That's a really, really small. It's a t- it's a tiny investment. In, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's educating the members. I mean, fundraisers. Uh, you know, uh, there's uh, Mike Thompson is uh, on Ways and Means, he's a Democratic member. He'll be holding a uh, by, um, uh, a briefing with uh, other uh, off committee and uh, Ways and Means committee members to educate. but uh, I mean, we just that, that's what we do. We educate, and then we connect with the, the associations, and, and they connect with their members and it's, you know, really the grassroots, uh, connections and saying, Hey members, this is a critical tool for American growth and, and real estate. And, and, you know, we should stay.
0: So some of, some of those numbers, did, did you say 1031 exchanges help create like over half million jobs? Was that, was that one of the numbers?
1: Right. So there, um, there, the, the statistics are that on a yearly basis, the total jobs supported by like kind exchange rules total 560, uh, 100,000 jobs. So that's the amount of jobs that are supported. And there's actually the studies suggested that that might be underreported because they believe that exchange activity is likely underestimated uh-huh. by the Treasury. So it could be in excess of $700,000, 700,000 jobs per year are uh, supported by 1031 exchange activity.
0: Which means someone doing an, so if someone owns an apartment complex, a commercial building, or maybe even vacant land, they exchange into it and now they want to improve that property. It, it that's be, exactly right so, example, right yeah. yeah I
1: mean if you take the the the, um, the downstream and upstream impact of a 1031 exchange you got you know it starts with you know the the investor listing the property with the realtor it goes on a contract yeah it goes to a title company it goes to the closer there are attorneys and accountants that <laughs> were behind the transaction uh-huh. um it flows through to somebody acquiring the replacement property uh 1031 exchangers invest a third more cash into improving replacement properties than non 1031 exchangers which drives construction growth uh, construction jobs it drives you know suppliers Um, so you know really that equity um, that stays in the system um, is is supporting and creating more jobs and more value add to gdp
0: Dave, I didn't think the impact was that big. Like, I knew it was big, but I didn't think it was that big.
1: Well, it's enormous. And, it's and that's enormous. where, yeah. So, we had these studies come out, and, and, and actually, the Green Book, it's the, it's the analysis of the, the president's proposal. So, so the, the, the president's fiscal year 2022 budget proposes to raise $2.4 billion over a 10 year period to pay for the American family's plan. Uh, so 2.4 trillion. Yeah. And of that, the revenue raiser, what 1031 contributes to that revenue is 19.5 billion, which translates to, uh, when you factor in what's the percentage that section 1031, uh, by repealing it will contribute to paying for the 2.4 trillion dollars in spending, it is Mm 0.008% of What's uh, to be um, uh, what they're looking to raise, and, and beyond that. So Spencer, so as we talked about jobs and value add. So 1030 exchange transactions through transfer taxes, through um, all the state and local taxes, that get paid as a result of the, extra, of the extra transactional activity. Over 10 years, it's uh, 80 billion dollars. Again, the cost to Treasury is you know just shy of 20 billion. So I mean, it is just, it's just clear cut. I mean, and, 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 you know, we, when, when the, the Republicans were doing tax reform in 2017, um, I don't know that, that there was quite the appreciation, uh, until we educated folks, uh, but they got it after we had, we connected with them and, and, you know, we knew exactly where things were going. We have spent, um, Countless hours, I mean, hundreds of meetings, um, you know, 50 fundraisers in the last, you know, year, just on Democratic members of Senate Finance and House Ways and Means. And I can tell you that e- even the Democratic members get it. I mean, when you talk to them about the numbers and they're yeah. educated about the numbers, uh, there, are, there are a number of very strong supporters on the Democratic side in the tax writing committees, which so so this is a bipartisan issue, especially when people are educated. And that's why it's been in the tax code for a hundred years and it's stayed there. And it's why we need people to get the word out and say this is a no-brainer to their member of Congress and say, you need to talk to uh, your your colleagues who are making the tax writing decisions and tell them that 1031 needs the same code and that there should be no cap. I mean Um, I'm sort of going on and on here, but, you know, there is no acceptable cap because really, um, you know, the commercial and the farm brokers have said that if 1031 goes away, you know, potentially 20% of real estate transactions go away. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, large transactions, large projects, all the ancillary benefits that go to, you know, the construction uh, folks that go to, you know, all the economic development that goes around large transactions, um, it, it's a key driver of, you know, not just national GDP, but also state and local growth. Um, so, you know, really, you know, I keep saying education, but now it's a function of, of you. You put yourself in a position of, of being a, a, an educator and an opinion leader and, and speaking to your audience and saying, hey, we need you all to connect with your local members and tell them important 1031 is so that they get that message but you know that's the end goal that's where we need to get is you know uh, you know constituents making contacts
0: with members um is there is there maybe one thing you when, when you talk to people when you educate people is there anything that you haven't already mentioned that you wish maybe just the general population would were- you would like them to know regarding ten thirty one exchanges um, oh gosh, that's sort of a big question <laughs> um
1: uh you know it, it it is um it is a key um you know tool for every american you know um not just corporations. Um, not, I mean, a, a, any entity, an individual, a corporation, a trust, an LLC, any taxpayer can do a 10 exchange transaction. Um, so it's not just, it's not, um, if there's a perception as for the wealthy, it's, it is 100% not. I mean, it, I can tell you that our transactional, our transactions with farmers, investors, um, everyday folks, but also, again, I mean, these significant, um, Transactions that are accommodated by or that are you know undertaken by corporations and REITs. So a lot of you know a lot of individuals have uh, money in their four hundred one k's, and so they invest in REITs who grow up and you know do larger projects. And, and so these REITs, where people have their dollars invested in their four hundred one k's, you know utilize section ten thirty one to uh, to build you know retirement wealth for those who are invested. Um, so it's you know it is it is integral to um all facets of the economy um at office commercial uh conservation and it's really one of the most underappreciated, uh most impactful things i mean um you know certainly capital gains tax rate rates going up would be a, a big deal um would I mean, a huge deal I and mean, that's the that's the biggest driver. But in stepped up basis, that's another proposal to eliminate that. That would be a deal be a big deal. But you you know, I think there's a there's a real underappreciation for the role that 1031 plays in driving, you know, real estate and you know, the, the impact it has. So um, you know, it's just a, a, a it's a tool that people just don't think about how it's just so integral to the
0: economy. If, if there's someone out there that wants to participate in helping to preserve section 1031 what can they do to, to kind of carry their own little torch and how can they how can they help uh, well I mentioned 1031
1: buildsamerica.org the the front page there's a take action button so it's telling a member of Congress Frankly, that's the number one thing that they can do
0: and we'll include we'll include that link in, in, in the in the in the episode notes here.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it talks about urge your members of Congress to preserve section 1031 like kind of exchanges. Um and then you know for anybody who has direct uh, you know uh relationships with members, they should reach out to them personally about it. Uh but that that's where the impact is gonna come from, is from people reaching out to
0: members. Yeah. Dave, this has been really helpful. You know, that, th- those statistics that you rattled off, they're bigger than I thought. they are I mean, they're just huge. They're enormous, like you said. And, you know, it would be, it would almost be detrimental in many ways if the 1031, if, if the 1030, if section 1031 was, you know, modified or adjusted or capped and it would hurt a lot of people.
1: It it absolutely would. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your efforts. With that.
0: Yeah. Um, Dave, if someone has questions for you or if someone's needing help with their exchange, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Um, well, thank you for mentioning that. Yes. Um, so our company is IPE 1031. We're based in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, we're, our, our footprints across the country. We handle these all, all nationwide. Our website address is um, ipe1031.com, and that's uh, ipe1031.com. Uh, a lot of great resources and information about uh, exchanges. But um, you know, we always say that the way we built our business is serving as a resource uh, to folks. Uh, you know, the more we can uh, help, the more we're going to be- we're going to benefit. Um, so it's it's just a function of uh, um, you know helping folks, and that's that's how we built our business. So anytime somebody has a question, they can connect with us by going to that link, and we'd be happy to help.
0: Well, Dave, thank you very much, and to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Please, please, please visit the link that I'm going to share here in the in the uh, in the notes section of of wherever you're listening to this and, and go on to the website, 1031buildsamerica.org. There's a Brown take action button. I'm looking at it right now. There's a Brown take action button. Click that. And it sends a note, right, Dave, directly to, um, your elected officials, uh, urging them to just kind of, um, Understand the, the the economic and social impact that 1031 exchange has on our on our communities and that sort of thing. And so, please, please, please uh, take that. And also, if you know of someone who needs to listen to this episode, please, 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 we ask you to share it. Take take two seconds, to share this episode on social media. Let's get the word out, and let's help. Uh, let's help in the effort of preserving section 1031. Dave, thank you for joining us. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you,
1: Spencer. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: All right. And until next time, everyone have a good day.